now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hey, it's Ty Smith of the Spokane Chiefs. It's Adam Bocas. Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs. Hey, it's Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hi, I'm Dominic Buck. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oakville Oilers. It's Joe O'Brien. Hi, it's Barrett Hayden of the Sioux Greyhounds. Brady Kachuk from the Boston University Terriers. Major Junior. In the 100th year of the Memorial Cup, the Ankeny Panthers team tall have won it for the first time. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. The Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Trollunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. And more. Oh, oh my goodness. We're not going home yet, baby! This is the Pipeline Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. My name is Guy Flaming, so that means I'm in the right place, and I'm glad that you've uh, taken the time to download this particular episode as well. Maybe you're a subscriber and you get all the episodes. That's fantastic. If you're new to the show, then I hope you'll enjoy this episode, and it might encourage you to subscribe as well. It's free to subscribe. Uh, those who uh, sign up to be patrons at patreon.com slash show, well, they get some bonuses like early access to uh, what the interviews you're going to hear on today's episode. Some of them have been available uh, for uh, two or three days. Uh, one of them I actually just did about an hour ago, so that one uh, was not available with early access. But um, on an ongoing, regular basis, patrons get to hear the, uh, the, the interviews on the show for a few days before the actual show is released uh, on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play or the podcast app, wherever you get your podcast from, there are advantages to being a patron. I encourage all of you to uh, check that out and see if it's fit for you at patreon.com slash show. As always, we start with the question of the week. I posted that on uh, Twitter earlier today, and a pretty simple question, but lots of really good uh, feedback already on this one. Question is, if there was one thing that you could change, add, or remove from the Canadian Hockey League, what would it be and why? And uh, here's some of the uh, feedback uh, that I've gotten so far. Patrick started off a really good uh, conversation with uh, his tweet that said, their agreement with the NHL. I asked him to expand on that a little bit and uh, let me know what exactly he was talking about. And he, uh, he did so. He says, I feel that it's bad for the development of top-end players and hinders their growth. I believe players should have more freedom to play where they want and make money if they're over 18 and choose to do so. Uh, And that has created a a pretty good conversation between two or three people. You can get involved in that. Look up my uh, Twitter uh, feed. That's at TPS underscore Gee. L. Boob Hubbard has uh, chimed in. He's uh, suggested that I would change the max age from 20 to 21. Right now, it's it's, you're done after your uh, 20-year-old season. He says it would push a bunch of 16- and 17-year-olds back into midget, thereby increasing the competition and developmental aspects of that level, and it would also shift the developmental window for kids in the CHL moving forward. Now, I'm not saying that he's wrong, uh, but I'm not sure that I'm uh, on board with his idea. He He goes on to say moving that window forward would hopefully increase the chances for CHL players to pan out at the next level. More 19- and 20-year-olds would also likely increase the level of competition. Plus, the NHL is already starting to show more of a willingness to draft overage players. Uh, That part I do agree with, but 
I still think with the number of players you're seeing uh, playing in the uh, National Hockey League at uh, 19 and 20 years old, uh, it's become a younger league. I'm not necessarily sure that uh, uh, we would see the benefits that El Boob Hubbard is uh, talking about. Uh, Veritas Hockey, I'm not sure who from Veritas uh, is actually uh, submitting the question, whether it's Tom Lynn or Jamie Dial or, or Kyle Kozier. Uh, but uh, they replied by saying uh, they would. They replied by saying the league office banning teams from giving the players benefits. I replied, uh, asking if they could uh, kind of spe- specify what they were talking about there in terms of player benefits, and they did. Their list includes reimbursement of travel expenses, travel uh, training expenses, ancillary medical care not currently covered, like chiropractors and therapeutic massage. Uh, education packages that teams want to give, like four years for signing and, and full coverage, and possibly a small portion of the uh, league revenues. Uh, and I replied to him asking, uh, I, I said, well, it's a solid list, uh, well worth talking about. And, and out of curiosity, as that this is an agency, uh, wondering how many teams or, or, or how much of that list of uh, benefits that he uh, put forth there how many of those are covered currently by uh, leagues like the USHL or the North American Hockey League? And if it's if this would be something that those leagues aren't covering either. And, and obviously things like uh, medical care would be different for the U.S. teams compared to the Canadian teams. Because uh, Canadian teams, obviously, with uh, universal health care, that would be a lot different. I At least that's my assumption. Uh, the education package part of that, uh, giving four years for signing and full coverage, I'm not. Sh- I think that would open the door to uh, problems where a guy would get be promised his a full scholastic package and maybe only play two years and not actually go to school. And you know, when do you pay that? When don't you pay it? Um, I think that could open the door to you, know, you, you pay a guy up front. And could all teams do that? Should all teams do that? I, I kind of like the system now where you get a year for what for each year that you played. To me, that makes more sense. Uh, but that's it's a worthy conversation for sure. Stosh says, lighten the schedule a little. More time for skill development and practice. More time for workouts and recovery. And more time for personal time, which is good for mental health. I think all of those are valid uh, things that Stosh has uh, put out there. The, and because we're talking about the Canadian Hockey League, let's look at all three leagues. The, the time on the bus, the travel, and all of that, a lot less extensive in the OHL compared to Certainly the Q and definitely uh, the Western Hockey League. It would be nice if there was more uh, downtime and less bus time in the WHL. And uh, they they did shorten the schedule from 72 games to 68. I don't know how much that has actually lessened the travel time for teams. But yes, I think if there was a way to lighten the the travel schedule, uh, that would be a good thing. The only thing I can think of to do that in the WHL, though, would be no interconference play, and, and that's something I've talked about at length uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, but you can let me know how you feel about that. Joe says, I'd add a Canadian U-17 team that would play games in all three major junior leagues and be our team at the Holinka gretzky Cup. He says, I love the U.S. hockey model in the USHL with the U-18 and U-17 teams. And that is something that I would like to talk about a little bit more uh, in uh, this month of uh, July coming up. I've talked to some people who don't think it's possible. I, I I don't know why it wouldn't be possible to have a Canadian national team development program like the U.S. national team development program where you have a, a dedicated U-17 team that then graduates to be the dedicated U-18 squad. 
I personally would not make it out of uh, CHL players. It would for me, it would be players who are still intending at least to, on uh, maintaining their NCAA eligibility. So over the years, I'm talking about players like uh, like Shane Bowers recently, and um, you know goaltender like Colton Point, um, guys like Kale McCarr, uh, Jaden Schwartz when he was playing junior hockey. You know, guys out of the BCHL, the AJHL, the 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 OJHL, the CCHL, you know, all the junior A leagues across Canada. It would, to me, it would be make more sense to take the twenty players, the top twenty players uh, from those three, those ten leagues rather, uh, as opposed to the CHL. I would base it in Calgary, have them play. The U17s would play uh, much like the USHL. So the the U18 team would play all the like the Holinka Gretz Cup and uh, all the international events. Uh, the uh, U17 team would play the HHL schedule or BCHL schedule, if you prefer. I, I would probably go AJ if you're going to base it in Calgary. Um, but the U18s would play a third of their schedule in the AJHL. Uh, a third, I would try to set up uh, exhibition games with NCAA teams. And uh, then a third of their schedule would be the international component, just like the U.S. national development team does. To me, I, I don't know why that isn't feasible. Uh, maybe it's just the hockey cannon machine. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to get to Tom Rennie on the show and, and uh, put that to him and, and see what he has to say about that. Dustin says, I'd change the rules with the NHL drafting process. Three-year window to sign, but at a signing window of April 1st, August 15th to sign prospects. And once signed, they turn pro. Uh, so I'm guessing then Dustin would say like an 18-year-old that you draft and you sign, he immediately goes to the American Hockey League wouldn't play in the CHL anymore. I'd have to uh, check with Dustin to see if that's what uh, he was getting at. Steve-O says, I moved the WHL draft back to 16 just so I can see the kids play immediately. And uh, he also liked the gift that I used. Um, but I couldn't agree uh, anymore than I already do with Steve-O. I think the WHL draft should be 16. And Mike added to that as well. He said, WHL drafts at 15. It doesn't seem to work. It's not even fan-friendly as you draft a guy that can't even play for you of the next season get all hyped up over a guy that won't even be in your lineup for over a year and uh, that is the number one reason for me or maybe number two i think number one would be that uh, it's a lot easier to draft successfully when you're drafting 16 year olds than when you're drafting 15 year olds uh, jess rubenstein who uh, writes for blue shirt bulletin uh, covering new york rangers uh, prospects uh, he's said uh, the one thing he would change would be fighting. There's no need for teenagers to be fighting in the Canadian Hockey League. Too many are paying the price with their health, both now and down the road. Really, can anyone give a valid reason as to why teens are fighting in the CHL? Everyone else is banning fighting. It's time for the CHL to get rid of it. And I actually agree with Jess. I'm, I, it used to be for me that it's it's just part of the game. Nobody is actually forcing these guys to fight, at least... I mean, every once in a while you hear a story about how a coach has told a kid to go out and fight. That should be absolutely uh, prohibited and should not be part of the game. But I think just in general, there's no real need that I don't think there has to be fighting. We see it at other levels of the the game. Certainly the college level, the the CIS level, there's there's or the U sport level. There's not a lot of fighting. I mean, there are pushing and shoving and every once in a while you'll punch a guy in the cage. Um, but then the refs jump in and it's all sorted out. And, you know, if 
maybe you allow fighting, but I think suspensions, uh, you know, automatic one-game suspension or something like that to, to curtail it, I don't think it needs to be there. Jess went on to say, uh, five years ago, we would have said nobody gets hurt in a hockey fight, but now we are finding out we were wrong. Kids are retiring from hockey at 16 and 17, and, and fighting is partly their blame. And I think that's right. I think we have to be, we have to evolve with the science, and the science is telling us that fighting bad. Eric says, I'd like to see the NCAA change the rules so that a player from a CHL team could still play in college after their eligibility is over without penalty, as long as they haven't signed a pro contract. And and I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, but I think the NCAA, I don't know that you'll ever see the NCAA change that. But I would agree. I mean, uh, th- there are guys who, I mean, will go on and play college hockey and youth sport and use their their CHL scholarship, and that's why it's there. And I think that's the the way a player should go. There will be like some Americans, though, American players who got who play in the CHL. Maybe they'll end up going to the ECHL instead. You know, not play university sport in Canada. But if they had the option to go play NCAA, uh, I think they would. And I think that option should be there for them. So I would like to see that change as well, Eric. But that's an NCAA thing, and I don't know that that will ever happen. Uh, Dean Millard, my uh, former co-host here on the Pipeline Show, uh, he weighed in on the whole fighting thing. He said, I, st- I still think it has a role. You're preparing players for the next level. When it's no longer at the pro level, then fine. Get it from get it out of uh, junior hockey. And, and uh, I can see that perspective as well. Uh, Jamie says, I'd like to see a CHL versus NCAA All-Star game. And 15 years ago, I would have agreed with that. But, uh, you know, I've come to, over time, and my exposure to uh, to both levels, um, it it just wouldn't make sense. You're you're you'd be seeing a, a the NCAA team should win that game every year. I mean, you would have a team basically of twenty to twenty three year olds playing a team of seventeen to nineteen year olds, and you would expect the the older team, the more experienced and physically mature team, to win that game every time. So I don't think you'll ever see that either. Jackie uh, suggests at least allow 19-year-old first-round picks to play in the American Hockey League. Many are held in NHL or go on AHL conditioning anyway. And that's that's been a, a topic of discussion for a number of years. Could you have a rule where it's, you know, an exceptional status almost for the American Hockey League? Because there are players who you look, it's not often, but a guy like Cody Glass, I think, he was too good for the, for the WHL this year. It, it wasn't hurting him by keeping him in the league. I don't think he get worse, but maybe there w- it would have been better for development, for his development, for the Las Vegas Golden Knights to have him in the, in the American Hockey League. I think you can make that that argument for a very few amount of players. I would do it on a limited case. Maybe every three, like an NHL team has a window, one guy every three years. So if uh, you do it with a guy this year, you can't do it again for another prospect for three more years. Um, just because I, I don't think it's all that widespread a case where uh, you could do that with a prospect but yeah for uh, there are limited times where it makes sense to me so i would i would make it an, a, a possibility but not something that could be over abused t-bird tidbits a, uh, a fan blog for the seattle thunderbirds says i'll go whl specific and change to a more balanced schedule even if it's just inside the divisions uh, seattle by u.s division opponent they play portland 12 times Everett 10 times, Spokane 7 times, and Tri-City 7 times. That means they, they play Portland, the Portland Winterhawks, 12 times, whereas they play Spokane and Tri-Cities 
14 times combined. Um, it is a rather weird scheduling in the U.S. division. So lots of good feedback there if you want to get involved, and uh, I think it, you should. That would be great to have uh, more voices in the conversation. You can find me on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. Let's get to some other uh, news and notes. Some disturbing uh, information coming out of out of Russia uh, with, it was on Sport Express, uh, interview between Evgeny Belisov, a reporter, and uh, Yaroslav Alexiev, who played a couple of years, two, uh, two or three years, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Played for a couple of different teams, but uh, in his experiences, in this interview, he's talking about his experiences as a rookie in the queue with the uh, Sherbrooke Phoenix, and uh, just classic hazing that is I mean it's just it's horrible and it should not be a part of uh, sport anywhere let alone uh, in the uh, Canadian Hockey League it's the stuff you used to hear about like in the 80s and the 90s and I, I know even uh, there was some stories about some incidents in the in the OHL uh, in the early 2000s as well this crap cannot go on anymore and it really needs to be out of the game and I'm, I'm hoping an investigation is uh underway if not already then uh, soon and that uh, any guilty parties I, mean, I don't know what the penalties should be but they should be severe enough that that it's a deterrent from it ever happening again i mean you've heard, heard about uh, horrible hazing incidents uh, not just in hockey but in other sports and in not just in canada but in the states and, and wherever else and uh, it just can't go on I mean, it's it's ridiculous so really tough to hear because it paints a black eye on uh, hockey uh, in general and the Canadian Hockey League in this case. And I know I, I reached out to uh, somebody with the Edmonton Oil Kings, a player, and uh, I won't say who it is because I didn't get his permission to say, but I asked him, I said, please just tell me this stuff does not go on uh, out here. And he said, nah, not even close. Like the, the It's been hammered into them uh, from the organization that uh, that kind of crap does not fly at all. Um, so I was glad to hear that. And maybe I'll uh, reach out and get uh, some more reaction from players or people in uh, team management or league management uh, about uh, hazing in general and, and uh, what can be done to make sure that that does not happen anymore. The Holinka Gretzky Cup uh, camp uh, rosters have been named for uh, both Canada and the U.S. Uh, lots of players of note uh, for both teams. I would recommend you go to Hockey Canada's website and uh, USA Hockey's uh, website and uh, check those out. Uh, I'm not going to go through the rosters right now because uh, this has already turned into a pretty long opening segment. And the quite honestly, there's uh, a long list of players worth talking about on both teams, shaping up to be a pretty good squad here for both Canada and the United States. I will be interested to see what Canada's goaltending looks like at the 2020 World Junior Championship. Uh, that'll be in Prague. I'll, I'll tell you the five goaltenders who are invited, no WHLer. Three guys out of the queue, Colton Ellis, Zach Emin. And uh, Olivier Rodrigue, uh, actually four goalies. I missed Alexi Gravel. Uh, he's also uh, amongst the five goalies. Hunter Jones, the only one from the OHL with the Peterborough Peets. No WHL goalie at all invited right now. So you don't usually see five goalies invited either. So that's a little bit different twist on things here for, for Hockey Canada. Uh, in, by comparison, the U.S. camp roster actually does have a WHL goaltender invited. That's uh, Dustin Wolf of the Everett Silvertips. Drafted by the Calgary Flames in the seventh round. Uh, the other three, Spencer Knight, I think, who everyone will expect to be uh, the starter for that club. Uh, Isaiah Seville, who played in the USHL with the Tri-City Storm. And Drew DeRitter, who 
is the oldest of the uh, four participants, also the shortest, listed at just five foot ten. So those are the four goalies for the United States. Canada has also uh, unveiled the Holinka Gretzky Cup Camp roster and uh, the U17 participants as well. So you can find all of that at HockeyCanada.ca. CHL import draft going uh, about uh, a week ago now, and uh, a lot of players uh, added uh, to the Canadian Hockey League. Uh, a lot of teams only made one choice, though. Of the choices, uh, there were six goaltenders who were drafted, and if you're perhaps you'd forgot that uh, European goaltenders back involved in the import draft uh, that was added in in time for the 2018 CHL import draft. Think of Mad Sogard uh, playing in Medicine Hat. Well, six goalies were taken this year. Uh, the Barry Colts took the first one at, with uh, Arthur Silovs, who I believe is a Vancouver Canucks draft pick. So we'll see if uh, if he reports to Barry or not. Only one team in the queue took a goaltender. That's uh, Samuel Hlavage, who played in the USHL last year and uh, haven't heard yet if he's actually going to report to Sherbrooke or not. Interesting one, uh, interesting choice by the Sudbury Wolves to add Frederick. Could be Dickow, could be Dichow, could be, uh, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but uh, a Danish goaltender, six foot five Danish goaltender who was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. So the Sudbury Wolves uh, adding a another import goaltender to headed to the WHL. The Spokane Chiefs at Lucas Parrick, who was uh, drafted by the LA Kings. And a real interesting one here, Moose Jaw, uh, taking Jesper Wallstead, who uh, could be a pretty one of the first goaltenders taken in the 2020 NHL draft. Swedish goaltender we saw play a couple of games at the Holinka Gretzky Cup in Edmonton in August of uh, 2019. Elite Prospects has a good rundown and a recap of the a CHL import draft, so you can check all that out uh, there. I'll tell you what's uh, coming down the pipe here in a second for uh, today's show, but before I do, just a couple of, usually uh, during the uh, sponsored segments, I'll, I, I I do this, but uh, because there isn't a WHL guest today, I'll remind you that you can stay up to date on everything happening in the Western Hockey League by going to dubnetwork.ca. You can also uh, do the same with um, OHL Network now as well as uh, the guys at Dub Network have expanded to covering the Ontario Hockey League. And there has been lots to talk about when it comes to uh, the WHL here over the last couple of weeks. All right, let's get to what's coming down the pipe today. Now, it is the offseason, and uh, we changed things up for July because we've been so draft-focused over the last month and a half, and quite honestly, for you know from September to June, there is usually draft content on every show, or at least on most episodes. But now that we are uh, officially into the offseason, which is July, uh, we change things up a little bit. So there won't be a draft spotlight segment uh, for the next month or so. So what I thought we would do this year is uh, maybe get to know the leagues a little bit more. And uh, so I'm going to reach out. I-, I have already booked a few of the, uh, the respective league commissioners or presidents uh, to come on the show. And uh, we're going to start that off. Today, the commissioner of the CCHL, it's one of 10 junior A leagues in Canada. The commissioner is uh, Kevin Abrams, also happens to be the chairman of the CJHL, which is the umbrella organization that covers all 10 of the CJHL leagues. So he oversees the BCHL, the AJHL, and the CCHL, and across the country, all the way to the Maritimes. So we'll talk to him about uh, his league, uh, but also overseeing all 10 uh, leagues and uh, what's happening 
with the CJHL and what sort of you know offseason uh, agenda there is for the league. Also talk to him about several hot-button topics uh, and get his opinion on some of them as well. So that will uh, be our first guest, Kevin Abrams, coming up, and that's a lengthy conversation, but one I think is worth having for sure. And I've already confirmed a conversations, uh, interviews coming up uh, later in July with both Ron Robison of the WHL and uh, Gilles Courteau of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I've reached out to both the USHL and the uh, Ontario Hockey League as well and uh, plan on doing the same with the uh, North American Hockey League. So we'll get to know those leagues a little bit more intimately throughout July. Only one other guest that we're going to hear from uh, on the, this week's episode Jimmy Conley from USCHO is going to join us. Some big news uh, coming out of the, the NCAA hockey circles here in the uh, later stages of this week. With uh, seven teams backing out of the WCHA and, uh, again, the college hockey conference landscape will be undergoing a massive change over the next two or three seasons. So Jimmy is going to join us and update us on that. So uh, two guests. We're going to start it off with Kevin Abrams, the uh, commissioner of the CCHL and the chairman of the Canadian Junior Hockey League. That's up first here on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. McLaughlin top the right circle, goal line right, pass through the middle, and a good save by Colton Point, and a beauty. Man, oh man, what a save by Colton. Hi, it's Colton Point from the Colgate Raiders, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Grabs it, walks in on the backhand, shoots, and scores! These Spruce Grove Saints are excited to unveil their first ever hockey school. Taking place August 19th to 23rd right here at the Grant Fear Arena. Brought to you by Subway and Humpty's Restaurants of Spruce Grove. This one-week hockey school includes over 10 hours of on- and off-ice instruction from Saints coaching staff and current Saints players. Each camp participant will receive a camp jersey and a t-shirt to keep and have one on-ice and one off-ice session per day. Each day will have a specific focus to enhance the skating, shooting, and puck handling skills of each player. Both boys and girls of all levels of all experience are encouraged to come out and take part. To cap off the week, each group will have a Subway sub party with the Saints coaches up in the lounge. Visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca to sign up for the Hockey School now. Click on the Hockey School tab on the right side of the page. 